want to talk to you a little bit about sweat block sweat block is a great deodorant and antiperspirant that uh, i have just found that i really like um i i have a problem i don't know why but i can sweat through anything uh and this is the only thing that i have found that really blocks and blocks everything all of the nasty stuff about sweating it's blocked by sweat block it is uh for men like me, but women like it too. But those women might be men. You don't know. So if you have a problem with sweating, this is good for teenagers, by the way, get them sweat block. It's uh, the deodorant antiperspirant stick, the best one I've ever tried. Get it today, 20% off at sweatblock.com, promo code Beck, or on amazon.com. Just look for sweat block. Sweatblock.com. Go there, use the promo code Beck, and you'll save 20% off. They have the regular stick and they have the amazing antiperspirant wipes that you use once every seven days. Uh, and that's hardcore stuff. Sweatblock.com. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, now, now President Biden is blaming the governor of Texas for high prices on food and other goods. It, it's amazing what this what this uh, administration will do to avoid the truth and avoid responsibility. Uh, I know that Joe Biden was probably 87 when uh, Harry Truman was president. But when Harry Truman was president, he's the guy who had the sign on his desk. The buck stops here. Buck doesn't stop anywhere near the White House. In fact, they've they're they're sending that buck now to Texas. We're going to talk about that. Also, what's happening in Shanghai um, this is not being covered really by the mainstream media in the way that it should be covered. And it's because we're in the bag for China. The president hadn't, hasn't said boo about it. Uh, the media is barely covering it. Why? Because we're owned by China. Good news is you're not owned by China. I'm not owned by China. We'll tell you what's really going on. 60 seconds. Marcos wrote in about his experience with Relief Factory. He said, I used to enjoy weekly hikes at a local state park, but after about six months of regular hiking, I began experiencing pain on the soles of my feet, and it made it really difficult to walk. I decided I'll try Relief Factor. What do you know? I'm back on my weekly hikes. Marcos, glad you got your life back and whatnot. 
I don't know why you're still hiking, but that's a different story. If you're living with pain, may I recommend trying to get rid of it? Uh, especially if you've tried everything else. I know what it's like where you're like, nothing's going to work for me. Try this, please. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month. Try it for three weeks. If it's no- If nothing is changing, stop taking it. But if you start to see any kind of results, keep going. I still take it three times a day, and my life has changed. Get your life back with relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Call 800, the number 4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. Or relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. So yesterday, I have been so busy, uh, I'm sorry to say, and following so many other stories, I have not really been following Shanghai uh, other than, you know, briefings. Uh, And I have neglected this story, uh, much to my shame. Yesterday, I spent the time to actually look at some of the videos tell me when you're when you have videos ready are you ready um let me just start here the u.s has pulled all non-essential consulate employees from shanghai while warning americans not to travel to the major chinese city because of a brutal lockdown that could leave them separated from their kids (laughs) didn't we see something like that here in america i mean i just Heard a story yesterday where somebody, where was it, in Chicago? Or maybe it was the Mayo Clinic. They were doing a kidney transplant. And it was a dad giving the kidney to his son. And his dad hadn't had the vaccine. And so they wouldn't take his kidney and give it to his son. May I ask the question to all of the hospitals? You got a guy who's dying from a car wreck or maybe already dead, but his kidney is still functioning, but he's brain dead. Do you not use his organs because he didn't have a vaccine? Do you even check on that? This is insanity, what's happening. And we still haven't lifted our emergency. Our kids, literally, according to teachers in Fairfax County, kids now entering the first grade can't even tie their shoes. They are so far behind. Our suicide rate is so high. And remember, China is the model on just about everything in America now. The World Economic Forum, China is the model, the way to structure society. Our CDC, our our God, Dr. Fauci, China is the model. In Shanghai, they've locked everyone in their homes. So, you know, Shanghai is... Shanghai is a modern city. Shanghai has 26 million people. And they are starving them to death. They're locking them in. In fact, can we show the uh, first video? I think the video that we have of the, uh, it looks like Central Park in New York. It has all of the, um, uh, yeah, that one, please. Uh, It has, listen to this. (laughs) 
These are the people screaming in hunger. Now, this guy is saying that revolution is coming because people are starving to death and this is just the beginning. Listen to that. You also have... Let me start here. I I don't think this is as as disturbing uh, as the one I'm going to show you. So let me start with this, because this is disturbing. And if you happen to be watching The Blaze, um, you will see these images. Um, I want to show you the how they're rounding up animals, your dogs, your cats. They are either clubbing them to death in the streets or they just pick them up and they're throwing them into bags like trash bags. This is video of all of these cats and dogs in trash bags. They're alive. They just throw them in these trash bags. At first I thought, because I lived in New York for a while, I thought it where they were bags of garbage and there were rats in them because that's the way it happens in New York. You see a trash bag move. There aren't cats and dogs in them. They're rats. Uh, these are bags where the dogs and cats have been rounded up, thrown into trash bags and left by the side of the road. People are being forced to give up their dogs. They are being kicked and clubbed in the street. And then there are these extraordinarily disturbing images. If you're listening on radio, uh, good. I'll describe what you're seeing. If you are watching on the blaze, there is a... There's a real problem in Shanghai now as people are starving to death and they are locked into their apartments. Now imagine Central Park and imagine all those tall buildings, except these are taller, all those tall buildings that wrap around Central Park. What's happening now is people can't take it anymore. They're starving to death. There is no food. They're not allowed to leave. If they do leave, they're taken to a camp where most likely you're going to be beaten to death or die. And so they are experiencing now suicides. Roll this and I will describe it as just people who are at the end of their rope who are leaping to their death and people are reacting obviously and it's over and over and over this are just this is like watching what happened in our world trade center on 911 except this isn't a fire these people are just trying to escape from the government, the lockdown, and hunger. It is a remarkable... I have to tell you, 
We are now sending helicopters to Ukraine. We're sending, um, we can stop playing it. These are just, since I've been talking about this, it's just person jumping, person jumping, person jumping, person jumping. It's not like one. It's over and over and over and over again all throughout the city. We are now selling helicopters or sending helicopters and heavy artillery to Ukraine. This is something that three weeks ago, Joe Biden said, we can't do. Remember what 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 was it? Poland was going to send some of their old MiGs and they were going to send those MiGs uh, to where was it? Maybe Czechoslovakia. And they were just going to leave them there with the keys in it. And if people from Ukraine, pilots happen to go find them and take them, oh, we'd be really sad. And Biden stopped it because it could be an act of war. We're now selling and, and sending helicopters and heavy alt- artillery over to Ukraine. Wait, wait, could somebody tell me what just happened? What, what's changed in the last three weeks? Is it genocide? Because that's what the president says. State Department says they're not sure. Which is it? Are we stepping up to war? And we are looking at a tragedy, an absolute tragedy. And maybe genocide. Maybe mass slaughter of people in Ukraine. But this is one city in China of 26 million people. If 5% of them starve or die, that's 1.25 million people. 5%, gang. And our president hasn't even addressed it. Hasn't even said it. No world leader has. Where's the UN? Where's NATO? Where's anyone? Is anyone saying anything at all about China? No. No, they're not. You know why? Because everybody's been bought and sold. We've been sold, bound, and gagged. By the way, the stuff coming out of Shanghai... That's just the stuff that's gotten through and gotten out. Remember, Facebook and everybody else, they're they're suppressing this in China. So this is just the stuff that's getting out and getting through. What are we not seeing in China? I saw a mother yesterday who mom, dad, and the sister and the grandmother had been taken from their house because they tested COVID positive. Their new newborn that was still breastfeeding was not COVID positive. And he was left at home. The mother was crying out for help. Let, what are you doing? I can't, you can't leave my son. He's a newborn. He's still breastfeeding. You can't leave my son here. 
She had no choice. We are living, we are living what people in the 1930s lived, where great evil was happening all over the earth. Except back then, we weren't sure. We didn't have video. We couldn't see it with our own eyes. The New York Times hid what Russia was doing to people, hid the slaughter of people there. They wouldn't verify anything about the Jews. They'd, they'd push that way back in the paper, page A26, maybe two paragraphs. But the, the world could be held not really responsible in many ways because the people didn't know. We know, gang. We know. We have got to demand that our president, who has taken money from the Chinese, millions of dollars through his son. And I would say this about Donald Trump, who didn't take any money from the Chinese. If he remains silent, shame on you. Do we not have any moral code left in this country? When will the people who represent us actually represent us and stop representing China? What's happening in China is an abomination. And remember... Our elected officials and now all of our corporations all believe China is the model. I warn. What you're seeing happen in China will happen here and all over the world unless someone has a backbone. And gang, it's only going to be the American people. It will. I mean, well, Canada, look what the truckers did in Canada. Somebody has got to stand up and say enough is enough. Back in a minute. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay, things are coming our way. Um, I'm just not going to have time, I think, to get to everything today. But there, the, the, the inflation rate... Uh, is 8.5 the uh, what is it the um, producers price index this is inflation for the things that uh, companies are buying to make the products that we're going to buy their inflation rate now is at 11.5 which means more is on its way please put your uh, affairs in order get out of those high interest credit cards if you can i mean Yes, mortgage rates have gone up. Now they're like 5%. But you're most likely paying 20% or 19.9 on your credit card. And that will go up. You're, you're not going to be able to get out from underneath those things. And they'll destroy you. Take that 19.9 and change it to a 5% rate. 
that will save you a ton of money and no angst in the future. I want you to call American Financing now at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. So the Chinese government uh, said that they are um, going to crack down hard. Uh, in the strictest of ways for anybody who violates the covid lockdown in Shanghai, Shanghai is running out of food. And here's why Shanghai is a lot like Naples, at least, you know, 30 years ago. Um, I don't know what it's like now, but people used to just go to the, the, the market, the fish market, and they'd get their vegetables and their fish and they do it every day and then they bring it back. Well, that is the way. Um, Shanghai kind of runs. Everybody goes to the market pretty much every day and they get their fresh food. Well, the problem is all of the grocery stores have been locked down, but they weren't getting any food delivered in because you can't deliver it because the truckers were shut down. So all of this food is on the outskirts of the city and it's all raw, not processed. It's all rotting. If you're watching the blaze, you can see some of it. It's just so much food and it's all rotted. So there is no food. It's not like they're not delivering it to the, uh, you know, to the grocery stores anymore. That's not necessarily the problem. The problem is there isn't any. This is, this is what happens when you put, um, when you when you make everything about politics and when you put experts in charge of everything, common sense goes to hell. Look, COVID. Yes, some of us will die. Most of us will not. Government has no right to lock us into our homes and tell us what to do. This is murder. This is, this is nothing short of that. The government knows these people will die. And if they leave their house to try to protect their family, they'll be shot. The Glenn Beck Program. The enemy is at the gate leaving the drawbridge down uh, over the moat is really probably not a good idea. But we do that every day when it comes to our personal information online. Look, we have so many things to worry about. The last thing you need to worry about is this. Um, it is a real threat, but it's it's pretty easy to make sure that it's caught right away because nobody can stop everything. It's caught right away. You're alerted to it and it's cleaned up for you and with you. Um the, the best thing to do is just protect yourself. And the way to do that is to get LifeLock. It's pretty much you hire these guys to do that job. You've got one job. Do that job so I don't have to worry about it. It is a real problem, cyber theft, and LifeLock is the best out there. LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Just call 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. 
lifelock.com promo code Beck save 25% now 1-800-LIFELOCK coming up part 3 of our series on America's God in 30 minutes You know, you you think that a leopard can change its spots, and it can't. It can't. Marxism, uh, and quite honestly, intellectualism, always ends the same way. When you put intellectuals in charge, and they think they're better than everyone else. I mean, most people, most people really don't recall. Um, the five-year plan. In fact, in China, it's it's against the law to talk about the five-year plan. You're you're not allowed to talk about it or teach about it. Most people don't know about it in China, and it it started with Mao saying, "Hey, we're better than this. We're capable of anything, and uh, we really need to." We need to change the way we do industry and the way we do um, agriculture. And so he had a plan that was supposed to last from 1958 to 1963, and it was called the Great Leap Forward. It was the Great Reset. We don't work as well, so we have to change things. And he had a plan for everything from the way your family worked all the way up. And they were gonna they were gonna change everything. Industry could prosper if the workforce was well fed. And while the agricultural workers needed industry to produce the modern tools needed for modernization, that what he said was all we have to do is we have to make our own steel so we can make our own tractors and trucks and everything else. And then if we make all this stuff, then we can give it to the farmers and the farmers are going to just be able to make so much money. In fact, we're going to require them to make to grow so much food and everybody's going to have a quota. And it was great. It was great. And the people gave up ownership. Mao had this idea that you would own nothing and you would be happy. And so they gave up ownership of everything, and it was owned by the state and by the communes. So everything in these communes was controlled. Every bit of your life, you know, school, nurseries, health care, people moved into their what was called the houses of happiness so they could be looked after and taken care of by the state. All they had to do was just go to work. 700 million people had been placed in these communes by 1958. Here's the, here's the problem. Um, enthusiasm kind of stopped once they were in their house of uh, happiness because life was not as they said it would be. People owned nothing, but they weren't quite so happy. But they produced, and they, they produced and produced and produced. And they they hit their steel quota. Propaganda was everywhere, including the fields. You could listen to political speeches as you were working. It was great because politics, it was everything. 
Everybody in communes was urged not just to meet the set targets, but to beat them. And if you didn't have the machine, well, use your bare hands. Quality became a little dubious. The problem is the steel that they were making wasn't holding up. The tractors that they were putting together weren't working. And then they had a weather turn. Well, here's what happened. Things started to go wrong in 1959. Listen to this. Political decisions and beliefs took precedence over common sense. I haven't heard that, have you? Have you heard any of this plan being discussed recently at all? Communes faced the task of doing things which they were incapable of achieving. Party officials would order the impossible, and commune leaders, who knew what their commune was capable of doing or not, could be charged with being a reactionary if they complained. Such a charge would lead them to be an outcast or be sent to prison. We're not having that problem, are we? Are you seeing anybody that's becoming an outcast because they disagree with where the political leaders are taking us? Saying that maybe this COVID thing is not a good idea. Maybe we shouldn't be handling it this way. Maybe your, your policies are leading to this inflation. Maybe we won't own nothing and be happy. Nobody's being made an outcast for those points of view, right? So here's the problem. Because they were trying to make steel, a lot of the farmers had to take work away from their fields. And so the fields weren't being harvested. And then they had problems with the steel that they were making to help the farmers. And then the weather went bad. What could possibly go wrong? Well, here's what went wrong. The first year, nine million people in China starved to death. Nine million people. Mao's attitude was, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. It'll get better. 20 million people died in China, starved to death before 1962. 20 million. They say that is a very low number. It's more likely that it was around 40 million people died. But we don't know because, you know, it's China. These communist countries, these countries that are set up where the elites have all of the power and they they do that because they care so much about you, the little person. They care and they know what's right for you. These countries that are set up like this always end up like China and and what's happening in Shanghai right now because they don't know better than you. They can't make decisions for your family. Do you think people would stay in their home 
after they know what they know about COVID. This is not the first run with COVID. Do you really think that they would stay at home, be locked inside? And do you think with what they know now and what we know now about COVID, do you think it would be worse than the possibility of one city? One there are multiple cities locked down. This is just Shanghai. This is the financial capital now of China. This is our New York City, except New York City has 7 million people. They have 25 or 26 million people. Hmm. Do you think if those people were allowed to leave and the truckers were allowed to deliver things... Do you think there would be starvation? Do you think it would be a possible revolution? Because that's what they're headed for. And the only way to stop it, and this is why they're being so brutal, the only way to stop it is to kill people. And they have no problem killing them. Food would not have been rotting. Central planning never works. And we have so lost our, our willingness to learn from the past. We're just trying to erase the past, which is strange because that's exactly what happened in China. Scholars now say in China that, you know, this is when they could talk in China. People who lived through it are now f- discovering the true history of the Great Famine And they're now putting it together saying, wait, the government knew about this. They were the ones responsible for this. Those people who actually have seen the history in China now know what the problem is. And they know what the problem is with this COVID shutdown, too. It's the same problem. And it will end most likely the same way. And most likely we will hear about some of the dead and some of the devastation But not all of it. Here's a big difference, however. In 1962, China didn't affect us. China didn't affect the rest of the world. What they did with their citizens, I guess, was their business. This shutdown is already causing problems here in America. Remember, this is like... January. Remember, we didn't really start to feel the effects until when? July? This is like January when we were first watching it and they were shutting down the city and it wasn't Shanghai and they were shutting everything down. We saw the effects within a couple of months. We are going to see the effects of this over here. On what you can buy, what you can't buy, what you have access to, repair parts, chips, computers, everything. I mean, if that's what motivates you, you should look at it in a financial way. This is going to cripple the global economy. I just personally hope we get the message that we are going to have problems so we don't have to worry about food when the time comes. Please, 
plant a garden. If you live near farmers, if you don't have a farmer's market, start one. If you do, start getting to know the farmers. You're going to need the farmers. Please be in a community where you all kind of think alike because you don't want to be alone. You don't want to be you don't want to be surrounded uh, in a city full of the people like Mao had. You want to be surrounded by God-fearing people who know the Judeo-Christian ethic of do unto others. Love thy neighbor. Back in a minute. Time's running out on all kinds of things. Um, one, we had uh, President Biden say uh, yesterday that really it's it's our governor here in Texas that is causing all these problems with inflation because he's slowing the trucks down. He's demanding that all of them be checked when they're coming across the border. Oh, tomorrow, I, I, tomorrow, I don't have time today, but tomorrow I've got to gun that one down it is not the the governor in texas that is causing the world's inflation you want your kids to understand this they have to understand this before we learn it the hard way what is inflation how is it caused what causes it better yet who causes it well it's the creature from jekyll island that's who's causing it otherwise known as the Fed. The Creature from Jekyll Island is a scholarly book that came out years ago about the Fed, and the Tuttle Twins have put together a book called The Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. And they learn what inflation is, they learn why and how our money works, uh, and they learn about the Fed. And most of us don't know about the Fed I've asked the Tuttle Twins to make this available for free. This is just one of their books in the series. It's not going to cost you a dime. You just pay for shipping. But this is so important. Every family should read this today because you need to understand inflation and who causes it. The Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get it now for free. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. It is um, the week of of Good Friday, Passover, and also um, of Easter. I want to play cut three, please. This is a mom, I believe, in California. Listen to this. I paid $57. I think about six months ago it would have been maybe $28.30. She says the budget-busting prices from groceries to gas are taking a toll. I've had to carpool, ask people for rides if they're going to the grocery store. Right now I'm looking for a weekend job. To get by, the mother of three is relying on food banks for the first time in her life. It's, it's been a hardship. This is happening all over uh, the country. And I, I say this, and it's going to be something that I really want to focus on with you over the next few months and however long it takes us to get through this. 
that um, everything that we have really needs to be used for the building up of the kingdom and helping people. Um, and uh, if there's anything you can do to give to a food bank uh, this week, or if you know somebody that is alone or struggling, that you could just drop food off without anybody knowing that you did it, uh, or invite them to your table, um, there's a lot of people that are experiencing things that they haven't experienced before. And those who are the closest to the bottom economically are the ones that are going to get hard, hit hardest and hit first. Eggs have gone up now just before Easter. Um, and prices of, of baked goods now because of eggs are said to be rising to 30, 35% more in price. We really need to look out for one another. Know what is causing this. Demand that it stop. But also um, look out for each other because the government doesn't care really about you. We need to care about ourselves and our neighbors and our town. Back in a minute. Let me tell you about American financing. Uh, I know you're probably overwhelmed just going to the grocery store. I know my wife was. uh, She went shopping yesterday for Easter and it's expensive. Everything is expensive. Um, it, please don't put things on your credit card. Uh, and if you have credit cards, pay them off. If you can't pay them off um, and you have a mortgage, please consider refinancing your mortgage and doing a consolidation loan. You know, the, uh, the very low rates of, you know, one or two and three percent interest, those are gone. Uh, however, we're at five percent and that could look like a picnic uh in a few months so refi especially any credit card that you're paying 15 19 22 percent interest on because those cards are going to cost more and more and more and you're not going to be able to pay them off so please um, take the pressure off call american financing 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 go to americanfinancing.net Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It is Good Friday, Passover, Easter week. Uh, This is a very important holiday for mankind, for Jews and for Christians, um, and for America. It is a chance to understand that 
There is a loving God who will, if we humble ourselves, help us in whatever it is we've gotten ourselves entangled into. This week, I've been doing a a series on America's God. I wondered, who are we really worshiping right now? And I went into that yesterday. I talked to you a little bit about science and how maybe science is becoming our God. And then I went into politics and the politics of wokeism. And the wokists, they are members of a church that is a religion. I'm going to pick it up from there and show you that it's not just a religion. It is an absolute cult. And we will use the forensics to point that out to you. Coming up in 60 seconds. You know the old phrase, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, when it comes to the woke garbage, I don't suggest that. I say in order to beat them, join with someone else. For years, the big phone companies are doing these commercials. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I'd really like to say that to the big phone companies that have all sold in uh, or sold out to the Great Reset and wokeism and Ibram X. Kendi. I've had enough had enough can you hear me now i've switched to patriotmobile.com slash back call 972 patriot you get the same coverage they're on the same cell towers you'll get a better price better customer service and you're not with a company that is selling you out selling our country out they believe in our country and they take their own money and they tithe it to causes that we believe in life Liberty, the pursuit of happiness. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Switch today and ask Big uh, big Phone, can you hear us now? Can you hear me now? No more. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or 972-PATRIOT. So we've gone over the fact that America suffers from a lack of religion or is it hyper religiosity we have too much religion that's what we're suffering for because politics is a religion race is a religion gender today is a religion even covid it's a religion and the mask that's just a symbol of your membership to that faith and your piety did you ask the wrong question did you question what happened to the blm inc millions you didn't actually suggest that the hunter biden laptop was worth looking into did you did you not blindly accept the new normal if you don't mask post the blm black box Vote for the right politician or worse, you didn't use the new correct woke religious terminology that seemingly was just introduced yesterday. You'll find yourself without a job or a future. Did you grumble? Did I hear you grumble when when told you had to attend the company's latest race equity training meeting? Did you speak out at the school board meeting against CRT or any of its spawn? Have you not yet confessed your whiteness? 
your privilege or the sins of your race? This new religion offers no forgiveness. We are living in the age of a new inquisition. Mob trials. They're mock trials really run by the mob. There are no real hearings. It's not an actual trial. Just mobs shrieking, witch! And if they don't burn your life at the stake, you will most certainly be banished to the new leper colony through the process of being deplatformed, defriended, defamilied. Some of what is happening in our nation is way beyond our idea of religion. However, if you look at the facts, what half the country has joined is a religion. It has its own doctrine, its own practices, its own language and high priests. Yet this religion that's whipping our nation into a frenzy really fits our modern understanding of a cult. If you do forensics on it, it is the definition of a cult. If we fail to grasp this, our families and our friends who find themselves under the spell of this cult right now will only run deeper into their arms. Once you understand you're dealing with a cult, it requires us to change our behavior or it will only help the cult leaders. We have to understand what a cult is in order to find the way to free our loved ones from its deadly grip. The difference between a cult and a religion is pretty unsettled. The word cult is usually associated with a niche group of freaky people who follow some charismatic man into a bunker and end up sacrificing babies or whatever. But when I first joined my church, I talked to Billy Graham about this. He thought it was a cult for years. It was a cult. All really a cult is, is something that disagrees with the accepted norm. That's the way it used to be defined. And yeah, then my church, I guess, would be that. But that's not a freaky follow some guy into the woods and uh, build an outpost. That's. Billy understood that and. My faith is no longer on his list of cults. Before he died, he removed it. Now. A cult could just be smaller, newer, less organized religion, but that's not what we're talking about here. There was a write-up about me in Newsweek this week saying that wokeness is a cult, which is right. And I'm not the first person to say it. Africa Brooks, she's the first one that I saw that had this in an open letter titled, Why I'm Leaving the Cult of Wokeness. In it, she said, what I'm truly afraid of is existing in a world that forces me to submit to an ideology without question. Otherwise, I'm to be shamed or pressured to shame myself and cast out of the community. A world that tells me that because I inhabit a black body, I will forever be oppressed and at the mercy of some omnipresent monster called whiteness. That is because of the color of my skin, I'm a victim of an inherently racist system by default. And me rejecting the narrative of oppression means that I am, in fact, in denial. How empowering. 
The dread of the prospect of a world where context, nuance, nuance, critical thinking, meritocracy, mathematics, science, rationality are just considered tools of white supremacy. And the rule is that you're not allowed to question or argue this senseless statement, especially if you're white. A world that is conditioning you and I to believe that we will always be trapped in some weird hierarchy because of our race, our genitals, our physical abilities, our neurodiversity or sexuality and our politics. And that if we don't agree on every single thing, it's a sign that we are interacting with an enemy or at very least someone to be wildly suspicious and judgmental of. Instead of another complex human being worthy of being seen and heard. This absolutist authoritarian world is being fiercely crafted under the guise of social justice. And I want no part in this. When someone steps out of line or dares to think differently, you will often have the pleasure of being told that you are in denial and you have some kind of internalized disorder. Internalized Racism, internalized anti-blackness, internalized misogyny, internalized sexism, internalized homophobia, internalized transphobia, internalized white supremacy. That means nothing can be questioned. It's becoming dangerous and to address reality is even more so. Because you either agree and comply or shut up. It's exhausting, she writes. And honestly, I have better things to do with my time. Not to mention, it's killing us. Well, she is right. It is killing us. So, how do we get out? Well, I'll get there. But I first want to make sure you understand what a cult is. How do experts know what a cult is? Because... You're not going to be able to fight against this cult if you don't understand what it is. We go there in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins. Um, the uh, one thing you can't question, <laughs> maybe this is a different cult, is the Fed. You can't question it. You can't audit it. You can barely ask any questions. It's not a federal agency, even though it has the word federal in it. Uh, it's the creature from Jekyll Island. And as I was going through the Tuttle Twins, they have all these different books. Uh, and they're generally based on, you know, world-class books that are teaching things about capitalism or America. Uh, and they have one of them that is titled The Creature from Jekyll Island. Well, that's a very famous book about the Fed. And it tells the truth about the Fed. This one is so important. I called the Tuttle Twins people and I said, could you just make this one free? Because I want everybody in the audience to have this. Because I think its concepts are so important that everybody understands quickly. Quickly. Uh, this is all about inflation. It's about how the dollar works, how our economy works. Uh, and who causes inflation? What the Fed really is. And it's made for kids. It's something you can read to every member of your family. You'll learn something. They'll learn a lot. It's really simple. The Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. While supplies last, all you pay for is shipping. So get your free, co your free uh, copy of it now at Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com.
10 seconds, station ID. America's cults. COVID-19 broke us. People who were once reasonable began to call for the banishment of the unvaccinated from civil society. Death was divided by vaccine status and treated accordingly. Information was censored for our own good. Anyone who questioned the leader or fell out of line was deemed as dangerous or literally accused of murder. Stephen Hassan developed the BITE model, B-I-T-E model, among other things, studying the brainwashing in Maoist China. BITE stands for Behavior, Information, Thought, and Emotional Control. It identifies the patterns used by cults to manipulate their members. There are 50 attributes to watch out for. Listen to some of these and compare them to your experience just during the COVID-19 pandemic, let alone everything else that is happening. Here they are, the 50 attributes for a cult. They dictate where, how, and with whom the member lives and associates or isolates. Financial exploitation, manipulation, or dependence. They restrict leisure, entertainment, vacation time. Hmm. I'm thinking of all the Fauci talks. Permission required for major decisions. Rewards and punishments used to modify behaviors, both positive and negative. Discourage individualism. Encourage groupthink. Impose rigid rules and regulations. Instill dependency and obedience. Deliberately withhold information, distort information to make it more acceptable, systematically lie, minimize or discourage access to non-cult sources of information, including the Internet, TV, radio, books, articles, newspapers, magazines, and media. Minimize, discourage access to critical information. Minimalize access to former members. Keep members busy so they don't have the time to think and investigate. Control through cell phones with texting, calls, internet tracking. Compartmentalize information into outsider versus insider doctrines. A. Ensure that information is not freely accessible. B. Control the information at different levels and missions within the group. C. Allow only leadership to decide who needs to know what and when. Encourage spying on other members. Impose a buddy system to monitor and control other members. Report deviant thoughts, feelings, and actions to leadership. Ensure that individuals' behavior is monitored by group. Extensive use of cult-generated information and propaganda, including newsletters, magazines, journals, audio tapes, videotapes, YouTube, movies, and other media. Require members to internalize the group's doctrine as the truth. Adopting the group's map of reality as reality. 
You're not questioning the science, are you? Instill black and white thinking. Decide between good versus evil. Organize people into us versus them, the insiders versus the outsiders. The use of loaded language and cliches which constrict knowledge and stop critical thoughts and reduce complexities into platitudinous buzzwords like follow the science. Rejection of rational analysis, critical thinking, constructive criticism. Forbid critical questions about the leader, the doctrine, or the policy. Labeling alternative belief systems as illegitimate, evil, or not useful. Make the person feel that problems are always their own fault, never the leader's, never the group's fault. Promote feelings of guilt or unworthiness, such as identity guilt. You're not living up to your potential. Your family is deficient. Your past is suspect. Your affiliations are unwise. Your thoughts, feelings, actions are irrelevant or selfish. Social guilt and historical guilt. Do you think we have a cult on our hands yet? You shun those who leave. I'm thinking about all my friends who are now my friends who thought they were my enemies and then they left the cult. Shunning of those who leave, fear of being rejected by friends and family, ritualistic and sometimes public confession of sins. Let me say that one again. Ritualistic and sometimes public confession of sins. Phobia indoctrination. Inculcating irrational fears about leaving the group or questioning the leader's authority. How many friends do you have that are that way? No happiness or fulfillment possible outside of this group. Terrible consequences if you leave. Hell, demon possession, incurable diseases, accidents, suicide, insanity, 10,000 reincarnations, etc. So that's basically all of them except for rape, murder, torture, and kidnapping. And I don't, I don't think we have that going on. What's scarier is that most of us have gone along with all of this stuff, even for just a little while. As a nation, as a world, we're still going along with it in many ways. And we haven't yet come to the truth that this is a cult. Look at anti-racism. Anti-racism requires blind obedience to leaders like Ibram X. Kendi who can arbitrarily assign or remove guilt based on his own perception. The work of being an anti-racist never stops. There's always more internalized racism to uncover and implicit bias to reveal. Can you ever be forgiven? Can you ever be cleansed? No, because the moment you say you're not a racist, it's taken as a proclamation of guilt. And then the cycle can just begin again. It's cult initiation 101. It's reprogramming. And it's really hard to come back from it. But it can be done. I'll show you how. And maybe this, maybe this will change our approach on trying to change people's minds. We'll talk about it next. 
The Glenn Beck Program. Sandra wrote in about her husband's experience with Relief Factor. She said after trying multiple supplements, doctors, chiropractors for years, my husband no longer limps and is pain-free. Ever since he started taking Relief Factor, his pain used to radiate down from the hip to the ankle. Oof. And the groin area it, but she says now it's all gone. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you, Relief Factor. Sandra, great news. Thank you. Thank you. It sounds like your husband got his life back, which means you got your life back. If you're living with pain, may I recommend that you give Relief Factor a try? It's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and it has four key ingredients that work with your body to fight inflammation, which causes most of our pain. The three-week quick start developed for you is $19.95. That's a dollar a day like a trial pack. And hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and 70% of them go on to order more because it works. I'm living proof. ReliefFactor.com or 800, the number 4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF, ReliefFactor.com. Relief Factor, feel the difference. James Lindsay joins me in about 30 minutes all about cults and what he has learned on how to dismember them. So how do you disempower a cult? Well, there is actually a couple of really great examples let me tell you one. Megan Phelps Roper. She was only five years old when she stood on her first picket line in Kansas, and she had a sign that read, Gays are worthy of death. Now, she's five. She has no idea what it said, nonetheless what it meant. But her mother had brought her there and handed her that sign, so she waved it around happily. She was making her family proud, and at five years old, that's better than candy. Well, almost. Megan is the granddaughter of the founder of the Westboro Baptist Church. Do you remember them? They are the, uh, the responsible party for horrific statements like Jews killed the Lord Jesus. Now the Jews are carrying water for the F word slur against homosexuals. That's what they do best. Sin. Or this super, super classic America land of the sodomite damned. Well, if you are if you were aware of the news, you know, in the early 2000s, you remember the Westboro Baptist Church. They have become infamous for their lack of humanity. They used to protest military funerals, wish death upon others, and all because they are so convinced that their crusade is holy that they feel empowered to be as rude and inhumane as they want. They feel that hate directed at the right people is holy work. Megan lived for 27 years under the Westboro Baptist Church. She brandished signs saying things like, thank God for dead soldiers. God hates you. She was actually the face of the movement. She was going to be the next leader of the Westboro Baptist Church. She believed and she battled it out on Twitter with the naysayers on behalf of the whole congregation. But it was those Twitter battles that ended up being her saving grace. Now, wait a minute. 
the Twitter battles. I know how ugly Twitter battles can be. That's going to get me out of a cult. No, no. Listen, the usual crowd of angry people came out on Twitter and they all yelled at her, criticized her, threw hate right back at her. That's what she was expecting. But not everyone did that. There were a few who never lost their humanity. Their message was, we're all human beings worthy of love and respect, including you, Megan. They didn't condone her hate or tiptoe around her misunderstandings, but they saw beyond them. She was a person who had trapped herself in the toxic ideas that she inherited. But most importantly, she was a person. Two men went above and beyond, one named David, who had a blog named Jewelicious, another uh, named Chad, who became her husband. What began on Twitter as a verbal rock-throwing fight slowly evolved into real conversation, one that appealed to Megan's humanity. All they did was ask her honest, not accusatory, honest questions. It made Megan feel respected and heard. She could let her guard down now. She may have thought, I'm going to get these guys in. But she let her guard down because these people were not there to fight. They were there to understand. And that changed everything. The questions they asked inspired questions in herself. Because there, was, there were holes in her thinking that she hadn't considered. And given the right environment, she felt safe enough to really wrestle with those questions. One day, David met Megan uh, on the picket line to give her some food from a market in Jerusalem. A Jewish man brought treats to the woman who held signs that said, your rabbi is a whore. He was a person to her now. He was a nice person. He was a smart person who could debate her on the Bible. He was a Jew, and there was no way for her to reconcile this. Her whole reality unraveled from there. Imagine being like her and realizing that you have inherited lies from the people that you thought loved you most. Knowing the truth now meant leaving those people, maybe forever. You think I might lose some friends. She was losing her whole identity and her whole world. She was the church's rising star. And she knew after I leave the church, I'll just be another one of them, another outsider. Megan and her sister left Westboro Baptist Church in 2012. Since leaving the Westboro Baptist Church, Megan has said she sees the tactics of her former cult all over our public discourse. The cult mentality spreads across social media like a virus. And although it's slower in real life, it's spreading there, too. So she gave us some advice. One, don't assume ill intent. Megan really, truly believed she was doing the work of God with the Westboro Baptist Church. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine you do either. But that's all she knew. And it would be really easy. And I know I did. I assumed that the woman tweeting, thank God for AIDS, was a horrible person who had horrible intentions. 
But the two men that chose to believe otherwise changed Megan's life forever. Two, ask honest questions. We can't assume we know why people believe what they do. And even, and even if we really do know, by asking honest questions, we get them to ask questions of themselves. Questions indicate sincere interest and respect, and in the best cases, might lead the other person to ask what you think. Three, another hard one. Stay calm. Don't yell. Don't freak out. Don't lose your cool. You don't have to hold back on the truth. But if anger is in the driver's seat, expect a wreck. Four, make your case. Your opinion may not be as self-evident as it seems, or even as self-evident as it should be. Why should men not be in women's prison? I don't even have to think about that. But if I'm talking to somebody who absolutely does not understand that, how do I make sense of that for them? First, I have to ask them all kinds of questions. How did you get there? Tell me how you believe that, what you believe. We have to make the complete case every single time. No one had made the case to Megan that what she was doing was harmful when she did by someone she perceived as a non-threat, she changed her mind. The Bible says, be as wise as serpents, but also as gentle as doves. Have you noticed we haven't seen a lot of big news from the most homophobic group I've ever seen? The most radicalized group outside of the clan we haven't seen much from the westboro baptist church i'm wondering if that's because two men befriended somebody honestly loved them asked them honest questions and their leader left How many conversations do you have every day with people you disagree with? If you understand that what they are a party to is a cult and they don't know it, nor will they believe it when you tell them that. And everything that they are told means if you question them, you're the enemy. So I can't listen to you. How many conversations have you had that if you understand they're in a cult and you understand how to deprogram how many of your conversations will change we can't be naive but we can't give up on people prematurely it's tempting to look at the person tweeting that the unvaccinated people just deserve death it's really tempting to look at that person and say wow are they evil and past hope But are they? What have we done if we just assume that they're past hope? What if they aren't? 
Final chapter in just a second. First, let me tell you about Rough Greens. Nancy wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She said, my dog eats everything in sight. So getting her to eat was not really a problem. My concern was having a healthy meal choice uh, that will keep us with uh, keep her with us for as long as possible. She loves Rough Greens, continues to lick her food bowl long after her food is gone. Thank you so much. This is a really good, it's not a f- dog food, it's a supplement. It is really good for your dog. It has probiotics and antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, omega oils. And these are just some of the things that your dog needs to live a healthier lifestyle. And they're all in Rough Greens. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog's going to love it that they have a special deal. You just go to roughgreens.com slash back and they'll give you the first bag free. Free. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. Call them today. The Glenn Back Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth. Coming up in a few minutes, James Lindsay joins me. He has studied this through and through, and we can discuss it. It's one thing to recognize the cult-like tendencies that pulse through American politics and work to stop it. But the real question is, what made us vulnerable to cultic authoritarianism in the first place? Why is it we keep misplacing our religious instincts? Because all of us do it. Even if in small ways, we are all vulnerable to tribal and, yes, even cultic inclinations. So is this whole religion thing just too dangerous to play around with? Should we abandon it altogether? Or is the abandonment of religion what got us into this mess in the first place? It was 1798 when John Adams wrote a letter to the Massachusetts militia. He said, quote, We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people, and it's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Adams said our representative republic needed not only moral but religious people to survive because... If they're not going to be restrained by the government, then people must foster the discipline to restrain themselves. And religion played that role in our society for a long, long time. I'm not suggesting that we all convert to one faith or, God forbid, the government impose faith on us. But we need moral agreements. We need a plumb line to guide our nation. And we need to come to it of our own free will generation to generation we are losing our spiritual well-being our nation is undergoing a cultural revolution a technological revolution a sexual revolution what we need is a spiritual revolution a spiritual restoration a great awakening but what does that look like well after god delivered the hebrew people from slavery in egypt They didn't go straight to the promised land, (laughs) far from it. For 40 years, they wandered in the desert while God prepared their hearts. You see, they still had a slave mentality. They had bad habits. They needed time to work that out. 
But the new generations forgot the God who had parted the sea and sent the plagues and freed them from Pharaoh. So they worship new gods, gods of meaningless realities. That would always lead to destruction for them. And then they would beg God to take them back, and he would. And a generation later, the people would forget again, rinse, repeat. Joshua was one of the Bible's mightiest warriors. He spoke to the Hebrew people, and he said, If you love God, follow him. If you love Baal, or if you love another God, follow him. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's really what early Americans said. Other nations, other people could choose a God for themselves. You saw how poorly that went. But America said, as for this nation, we will humble ourselves before the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God was with our founding generation. We call it divine providence. Because it just doesn't make sense without God. How could we have done all of that on our own? We couldn't have. But we are the new generation, and we have forgotten the God of our ancestors. We have forgot the prayers, the devotion, the miracles, and we're reaping those consequences. But just because the God of our founders worshipped, believes in free will, we have a choice to make. Just like the Hebrews, we can decide, do we like our new gods, or would... Or would we like to serve a God we called on to found this nation? Tomorrow, I'm going to use a loaded word. I'm going to use, well, actually a couple of them. Humiliation. And seeing that it is Easter week, I can't end the week without crying for repentance. Repent. Those are two nasty words now, and I don't think people really understand what they are. Tomorrow, I will also tell you about the impossible turnaround of the people we consider to be the most vile and guilty cult members. The Nazis, the Germans, after World War II. That's on tomorrow's broadcast. James Lindsay, next. It is uh, the week of Passover, Good Friday, Easter. Uh, This week I have been doing a four-part series. We just finished part three uh, on America's God. And I don't think that it's... We have a problem of not being religious enough. We have a problem of being way too religious. 
Have you noticed? Everything we say is about politics, but it's not. It's a new religion. Wokeism, CRT, race, the planet, everything is a religion. And if you step out of line, you're excommunicated, which means you're deplatformed, defriend, defamilied. This is a cult. Now, if we know that, it's easy just to point the finger and go, you're a member of a cult, but that's not going to help anything. I believe the understanding that this is truly a cult leads us, at least rational, decent people that want to make a change, lead us to think in different ways. Okay, so if that's true, I know that every time I shout at them, that's what they expect from me, and so that drives them deeper into the arms of the leadership. How do we deprogram? How do we change things so people can come back to reality? We talk to James Lindsay in 60 seconds. Now, I, you know, I don't want to spread things that aren't true because, wow, that would be a real problem for the media, wouldn't it? Um, so I'm just to say, I'm pretty sure that zombies don't exist, but have you seen our president lately? I mean, I'm just saying. So it could be zombies. It could just be runaway inflation. We are living in unprecedented times, and no one knows what's going to come tomorrow. I was just reading something from Jamie Dimon, who is the head of, I think, Citibank. And uh, he was he was talking about, you know, this inflation thing just might be a real problem. You were just saying it was transitory, and it was it will be over by the first quarter of this year. Well, now I know it. Well, we all might burn down to the ground. Okay. Thank you for that. Stop listening to the experts. Please stop listening to the people who have created this problem. Do your own homework and listen. Listen to yourself. You're smart enough to figure this out. As your dollar goes down in value, what is going up in value? Well, there is one thing that always retains its value when the world goes insane, and that is gold. Gold or silver, please call Goldline right now. They're offering a special on their historic $5 gold Indian coins. These are the ones I bought. Uh, Also, the uh, new one-ounce silver Ben Franklin rounds. Also, things that I collect because this is great. I I actually designed it. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Ben Franklin on the front of it. Don't wait. Call 866-GOLDLINE right now. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. James Lindsay. Author of uh, Race Marxism. Hey, How are you, man? Man, I'm all right. Okay. Given the circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody always has to say that now. You know, other than the country burning down to the ground, uh, you know, I think we're fine. Um, so, so, James, I want to talk to you about uh, the cult dynamics of wokeness or wokeism. Uh, I've been laying out for the audience this week that, you know, we, we, are, we don't have a problem with too much, uh, uh, not enough religion. We have too much religion. Um, what we're seeing with environmentalism and wokeness and CRT and, and race, everything, that is a religion. Uh, and it's become a cult. Can you explain um, how, because how, you've done serious work 
comparing CRT and, and gender and everything else to cult behavior. So take the process and and break it up for us. How do these people become members of this cult? How does this happen to half our, our country? Well, I'll tell you, the first thing people need to understand is you're spot on. So that's good to hear. Uh, it is a religion. Marxism is a religion. If you want to kind of nutshell for especially Christians in the audience, uh, where, where the Gospel of John says that, you know, the, the, the logos is the Christ, that the, the word became flesh. Uh, their religion is a religion of pathos, of emotion, of feeling, of fear, as a matter of fact. And so they have a religion of pathos. They've created a cult around it. It's the largest cult startup in human history uh, because they've been able to propagandize so effectively for it. And the way you get people into a cult is by manipulating their vulnerability. It's a very simple process. You make them feel vulnerable about something, and then you give them the resolution to that vulnerability through the doctrine. One of the things, and you're going to probably be surprised since we're, so, we're talking about Marxism, that I'm going to bring up here is you can tell people, for example, there's a very dangerous virus. This virus is incredibly dangerous, but if you just start wearing a mask, then you're going to be safer. So you give them a lot of concern, a lot of vulnerability, you make them afraid, and then you tell them something they can do, and then that will help them uh, protect themselves. And then you tell them, oh, no, you know, it's much worse than we thought. You have to stay home. Oh, no, it's much worse than we thought. You have to get this vaccine. And just step after step after step, you ratchet up the vulnerability, then you give them something in line with the doctrine that they can do to commit to, and that if they do it, and if everybody else does it too, then we're going to be okay. And that manipulation of vulnerability is exactly how you induce somebody into a cult. And if you want to mass induce a cult, you can see what we did on the media over the last two to three years. So why is it, though, that um, the left is susceptible to this? And I guess the right is in its own. We have our own cult-like uh, kind of things. But when we're talking about, let's say, just the masks, it only worked on half the country. At least it's only still working on half the country. Well, you know, there's been this very long running program that I, I still think that this is kind of the master key to everything. I've studied communism now for a number of years, and you hear this again and again, whether it's Mao Zedong, whether it's Lenin, it doesn't matter. The right wing people, the right wing people, the right wing people, that's the problem. And we've been laying tracks for 40 years that whatever the political right wants to do is evil, either evil or dumb or right. uninformed or propaganda. And so conservatives equals bad is actually the, the big cult. Right wing equals bad is the big cult. And so they're very, it's very effective to get people to fall into, this is called social identity theory in, in social psychology, to get people to fall into two tribes or multiple tribes that are kind of against one another. They, we've been laying tracks. I often like to blame John Stewart directly for this from The Daily Show, mm. um, as a matter of fact, to make it out that conservatives are always dumb, always bad intentioned, always bad people. So you find otherwise smart and intelligent people who identify as left liberals who in utter fear of being identified or as a conservative will go along with whatever the uh, establishment says. They also just aren't skeptical of that yet. CNN is TV, it's news. They're not skeptical yet. So when they come on and say, here's this thing, it's very scary. They get panicked and then 
they get drawn in through that, that pathos to doing what they're being instructed to do to resolve that feeling of discomfort. Okay, so the first step is you find something that connects with people emotionally. Um, you show them, wow, we're really vulnerable. This is really bad. Uh, but if you just do this and then you just keep moving them down the road, more and more demanding and insidious traits of the cult. Uh, and they just are kind of a, a frog uh, boiled slowly. The second step is indoctrination, right? Yeah, that's right. So, for example, to switch examples out of the virus and into racism, or the, the critical race theory, uh, you tell somebody, did you know these little things that you're doing in your life are racist? And they, they feel vulnerable. They start getting pulled in. And you give them, at some point, a lot of material to read, not just something they can do about, you know, you can do better, but now you need to read this book by Robin DiAngelo that explains racism and white fragility. You need to read this book by Ibram Kendi that tells you how to be an anti-racist. You need to start going to these meetings at work, these DEI meetings, and uh, listening to what they have to say. And you just start hammering the cult doctrine over and over and over again, while in the background, you're still running this vulnerability cycling. And then you can really get people to just get sucked into the worldview, as a matter of fact, that the cult has has decided to occupy. And so that, that phase is, is an indoctrination phase. You're still using the vulnerability to get them pulled in deeper and deeper. And at this point to separate them from people who would disagree with them, but you're also going to start asking them to read large amounts of cult literature, or exposing them to large amounts of cult information one way or another. Let me push back just a little bit um, and see if you can, um, uh, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. But there was a problem in the Jefferson uh, administration, and the problem was uh, the um, the war in Libya against the uh, Barbary pirates. Uh, and he wanted to explain that this was this was crazy and very very dangerous what was going on, um, and so he wanted the uh, the Koran published in its entirety, not clips. And so they they published the Koran here in the United States in English. And he said, y y you have to read this because this is a threat and they won't stop. We might stop them this time, but they will continue to come at us until God says enough or we destroy it. Um, it why is that not a cult? Giving well, you lots to read. You know, and I spend... Yeah, I mean, I, I spend my entire day most of the time reading Marxism of some form or another, and Marxism is a gigantic cult. And so it's possible to study a cult doctrine without being pulled into the vulnerability cycling. The the If the woke call me racist at this point, it doesn't make me feel vulnerable. I think that I must have said or done something right. And so actually it, it adds confidence. But I want to understand. So uh, reading through the materials of a cult so that you can understand how the cult thinks is not necessarily the same thing uh, as but, but, being pulled into it and, and, and made to conform to it on pain of excommunication uh, and, and verbal abuse, etc. So the difference here is that Jefferson made people fear. They were like, okay, this is a real problem. Here's what you need to do. You need to understand it. But then there was no there was no indoctrination, no making you feel like a bad person. You have to have those other things. Correct. 
Yeah, I mean, did Jefferson get the Quran published and then tell you you're not a real American and you have to leave if you don't read it? No, of course he yeah. didn't. He left, he left the liberty side open. Correct. Whereas, you know, if you start getting pulled into the to the critical race theory cult, they tell you you need to Robin, read Robin D'Angelo and you refuse to do it, or Ibram Kendi and you refuse to do it. Well, that's just you trying to protect your racism. That's just you trying to protect your access to whiteness. That's just you trying to keep uh, the status quo or the, your own benefit from it. And so they pull that, there's that, you see, that's that emotional vulnerability thing that they start ripping on you again. The second you don't comply. Now, if it's, we go back to the masks, you don't wear a mask, you want to kill grandma. We're never going to get out of the pandemic if you don't wear your mask. You're hurting everybody. And that's the difference between a cult and giving people information about something that's going on and letting them choose to study it or not. And it is also the reason why they say the the conversation is over. The discussion is up. The science is settled. The earth is going to be destroyed. And uh, if you don't agree, you just want everybody to die a, a horrible death. Yeah, and you're just selfish and want to ride out your, your last few years with your pickup truck or whatever, having a good time not caring about everybody else. That That's the emotion, emotional manipulation that they're using to to bring people into that doctrine. And then, like I said, they give you something to do every single time, which is going to involve reading a lot of literature to resolve your feelings of tension. Although these books actually will bring you even deeper into that, which then they can help facilitate how you need to be an anti-racist better or you need to do your part better or whatever it happens to be for the greater good. Okay, so when we come back, I want you to talk about deprogramming because that's the hard part. And this is where, and and James, tell me if I'm wrong here. I, I think we've been approaching this with reason and with uh, political arguments. And every time we get mad, every time we push back, um, that's what they expect us to do. Uh, and so they're prepared for that. They're not prepared for understanding and kindness with disagreement. And we keep making the problem worse by the way, by the tactics that we currently use, because we think it's a normal conversation, but it's not. It's a conversation with people who have already been brainwashed. Correct? Yeah, that's, that's more or less correct. Okay, so tell me where I'm less correct when we come back and, and so I make sure that I understand it clearly and then show us how to deprogram people. What are the tactics that would uh, help free people back into their own, uh, in their own choice and reason? Whenever it's possible, I like to pass the lessons I've learned on, in life on to other people. Uh, you know, so you don't have to go through all the crap that I've gone through. Um, and that's really what that's this is this is the area that is kind of delicate in my life because I've never, ever made money on a house or real estate ever. I always lose and I never know how to find a real estate agent. Well, then I started doing some work with this uh, group. They're the 500 best real estate agents uh, in America, according to The Wall Street Journal. And so as I got to know these people, I started asking them questions. How do you find what makes you guys better than the others, et cetera, et cetera? There is a system. There are things that you can find that you look at and you ask them and you're like, oh, okay. Okay, you got that one check, that one check, that one check. So what we did is we put together a, a company. It's just a referral service and it's free to you. 
It's called realestateagentsitrust.com. These are people that have what we believe are the best practices. They have the best track record in your area. Um, They have the best Rolodex. They have the best advertising to be able to get people to their website to see your house. And they're also people that, you know, generally listen to this program, believe the same kind of things that we believe. And so you don't have to worry about, is this the master bedroom? Oh, my gosh. No, don't say that. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. All right, so James, can you take us through deprogramming, and why don't we use gender theory as a as an in? Can you do that? Yeah, we yeah we can give that a go. Deprogramming, by the way, is extremely hard. Uh, I don't want to give people false hope that we can just you know you know you're going to listen to the program and go out and just talk to people and they're going to suddenly <laughs> realize that there are right. two genders and everything's right. great. Um, yeah, it turns out to be very difficult. Uh, usually, what you have though with people who are in a cult is that they have a very hermetically sealed, if you will, belief system. So there's an excuse for everything. You say this, they have some excuse for that. And if you if you want to get to the deprogramming, one of two things has to happen. Either you have to say something that gets them to kind of go cross-eyed for a second where they don't have their, their hermetically sealed answer available, or something has to happen in their life that shakes them up a little bit and causes them to have that initial doubt. It all starts with an initial doubt in the doctrine, something they can't resolve. And then when you, when one of those things happens, and this is where you, you know, I said more or less correct. And you wanted me to explain how you're a little less correct. They're not totally hermetically sealed. So when somebody experiences doubt, they're also experiencing starvation for reality. They're very hungry for an explanation for what's going on around them. They may only be able to digest so much, but they're very, you know, for example, many people who have voted Democrat their entire lives right now are noticing that the, the sexual grooming that's going on in the schools and the cult grooming, which is by and large more than the sexual grooming that's happening, when they see that, they see something is off. They know that childhood innocence is something important, something to protect, that children should not be sexualized or dragged into these identities. And this identity confusion, as a matter of fact. And so then that's where you're going to find that break. And then that's when you can start to have an open and honest dialogue because they're going to be starving for truth. They might not be ready to hear that the Marxists have run a sexualization of children program to overthrow society since the 1920s when George Lukács did it in Hungary. They may not be ready for that. (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready for that, but God bless you for knowing it. Uh, So where do you start? Well, I mean, you have to start where where they are expressing confusion. When you hear somebody say, for example, and you will hear this very many times now, what's going on here? And then you tell people, well, where you can start with that, if it's with the gender, is to say that some some very bizarre beliefs about gender have taken hold, and the people who are have taken hold of them have decided that they have to be put into children as early as possible. And then, if you really want to throw a wedge in there, you can you can point out they say you know you everybody believes it's to protect LGBT kids who don't have you know maybe the support at home or whatever. But if you actually read their literature about it, which is why you do have to do like 
Jefferson said, and go get informed, you'll see they say in their own words that, that queer theory, which is what is actually informing this, is not about creating a stable LGBTQ identity. It's, in fact, about creating a identity that stays fluid and never solidifies. And if that alarms you about a child or seems to open them up to grooming, then we can talk further. James Lindsay, uh, he is the founder of New Discourses. You can find this at newdiscourses.com, newdiscourses.com. And he's also the author of Race Marxism. Both I urge you to check out. Back in a minute. The Glenn Back Program. All right, so you're looking at your house. You want to either just give it a spring update. We have people coming to the house uh, for this weekend, and I know my wife is like, everything has got to be picked up. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, What can you do? What can you do to have your house ready uh, for a good spring clean and refreshing in the summertime? Blinds.com is the easiest way to really update your house and it is the least expensive of all of the ideas blinds.com has the expertise and the selection necessary to help you find the perfect window treatments for your home blind shades shutters drapes whatever it is that you're looking for they can help you and they have this great design team that doesn't charge anything it's just part of the service oh and if you want to do you know all of the rooms of your house let's say um they have one flat charge, so it doesn't matter. So, it's, I mean, it's really, there's a reason why they have like 50,000 uh, five-star reviews online. It's blinds.com. They have an outdoor event going on right now. Say 45% site-wide through April 19th. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, don't forget, you can join Blaze TV by going to blazetv.com slash Glenn and save. There's a couple of uh, stories I just want to brief you on so you have some perspective. Um, you've all know uh, Harari. He is the uh, author of the book that everyone on the left, anybody who is anybody, has read Sapiens. Um, it, it's a, it, it really is a must-read book if you want to know where the left is taking us. Um, now we're in this war with Ukraine and uh, Yuval Harari has come out and said, this may be the most dangerous moment in world history since the Cuban Missile Crisis. Now, I love this story because they then had to explain what the Cuban Missile Crisis was. But he said that um, there's a growing risk that Russia may turn to nuclear or other forms of chemical or biological warfare. <sighs> Wow. Uh, It's a possibility, a real possibility that we need to consider. And that's terrible news for the whole human race. What? Biological, chemical or nuclear warfare? That's bad news? Huh. Thanks. Harari warned that it is not for Western allies to try to preempt such action by sinking regime change in Russia. Thanks for that tip. Rather, they should focus on further empowering Ukraine to defeat Russian forces on the ground and restore peace. Anybody who has these fantasies about marching to Moscow, forget about them as quickly as possible. I think he is talking to Joe Biden because he's the only one that I've heard say, you know what? Regime change. The aim of the war should be protect the freedom of Ukraine, not to change Moscow. It's that's up to the Russian people. Well, thank you, Mr. Smartman. Uh, that's really good, except 
can anybody tell me, wasn't it three weeks ago? And this is an honest question. Wasn't it three weeks ago? Did I misunderstand when Poland wanted to give the planes to Ukraine? We stepped in and said, can't do that. That could be an act of war, right? We don't want to do anything that'll escalate this thing. And now we're just like, uh, hey, you, you want this big cannon? Why don't we strap it to a helicopter and give it to you? Now we're just flying stuff in to Ukraine. And I don't hear the, the comment of what, what's changed in the last three weeks. Well, I, you know, it's probably going to be using chemical or nuclear weapons. Uh, okay, do we know this for sure? Well, we know about genocide. Well, do we know that for sure? Well, we're trusting other nations to tell us that, and uh, that's what they're telling us. Uh, okay, I feel better now. Thank you. And in the, uh, in the category of, excuse me, what? What is it we now believe? Former NFL coach Tony Dungy, first black head coach to win the Super Bowl, became the target yesterday of uh, critics when they accused him of wrong think. Mon- Monday, uh, Dungy appeared alongside uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Well, there's your first problem. I mean, he's standing with a known racist and fascist. He just put uh, $70 million in state funds towards programs for male role models, the Responsible Fatherhood Initiative. I don't know if we need to be spending state funds on that, but okay. Dungy had two minutes, and he talked about his own experience of growing up with a strong father figure. Uh, And this is what he said, and I quote, I had a dad who was around me all the time and supported me, and I thought everyone was like that. I got my job at the National Football League. I started interviewing our players, and I began to understand not everybody had the same blessing that I had. (gasps) Blessing and a dad? It uh, really got driven home to me the first year in Tampa. Many of you know the name of Abe Brown. He was uh, a guy who had a prison ministry. Now we're talking about Jesus, too. He, uh, he wanted me to go with him, and I went down the first trip expecting to see grizzled, hard, tough, older guys. And what I met were 19 and 20 and 21-year-old kids who looked like my boys. I remember driving home from that trip, asking the Reverend Brown, how do these young boys get here? And he told me, it's not socioeconomic. It's not racial. It's not education. It's none of that. 95% of these boys did not grow up with their dad. And that's what hit me. Now, how dare you say that? What do you mean it's not about race? Oh, my gosh. Now, listen to this. This is Deadspin's take on this. Tony Dungy is constantly being used as a prop by bigots. Uh, Keith Oberman said Dungy is a fascist political prop. So now they're calling an accomplished black man a prop that he's not smart enough to know if he's being used or not oh uh, okay all right well here's what tony dungy uh said uh two days ago i spoke on behalf of florida bill that supports dads and families and it offended some people uh well uh 14 years ago president obama said the same things almost verbatim i'm assuming people were outraged at him as well he then said, I'm serving the Lord, so I'll keep supporting dads and families. Thank you and good night. God bless him. 
Now, here's one that doesn't make sense at all. S- uh, Saki uh, yesterday, and I think I need Saki really seriously. I mean, not the press. But I think I need, I mean, a jug of Saki, but made more into like a mug. One of those big beer steins of Saki. And then I could listen to the press conference and my head wouldn't explode. She has now blamed Governor Abbott's unnecessary and redundant truck inspections. She says this is what's causing rising prices. Wait, what? The White House spokesperson was asked, is the White House now blaming Governor Abbott for inflation? Well, I will tell you, he has, and I'm quoting, unnecessary and redundant inspections of trucks that are just transiting ports of entry between Texas and Mexico. And this is causing significant disruptions to the food and automobile supply chains. It's delaying manufacturing, impacting jobs and raising prices for families in Texas and across the country. Well, that. Damn Republican. Look at what he's doing. How dare him actually stop and say, we need to look into the back of that truck. How dare him do that? I was, uh, I was out with somebody uh, this last weekend, and we ran into a sheriff. I'm going to try to get on the air tomorrow to talk about this because this is so infuriating. He said, Glenn, we just, we just had a drug bust of fentanyl in our county with enough fentanyl to kill every person in our county. I'm like, yeah, and? So what? He's like, it's never happened before. Yeah, I know. And gee, oh, where are they getting the fentanyl? Oh, I don't know. From across the border. Most likely in trucks. This administration is is so crazy. Just really, I would really, really, really appreciate some common sense. Just throw us a bone once in a while. Go, yeah, maybe you should, maybe you should stop those trucks. Maybe you could leave everything else alone. We. Still be, you know, itching for nuclear war, I guess. But just throw me a bone occasionally. By the way, the first bus of illegal immigrants from Texas arrived yesterday in uh, Washington, D.C. Greg Abbott uh, invited these guys. Hey, you want to go to Washington, D.C.? Now, the left is saying, good, they're helping them get to their final destination. Good, as long as it's not my state. I mean, Washington, D.C., you love immigrants. You just love them. They love, 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 love. We'll just build all kinds of programs for them. We love that. Delaware, New Jersey, New York. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. I think we should just keep sending up busloads of immigrants. You know. Immigrants, not illegal aliens, not people who haven't been vetted at all, not MS-13 gang members or anything like that. Just these wholesome immigrants. Let's just not check any of them and just send them into your cities. Um, California, we could do that, too, but they're already collapsing. So we don't need to 
we don't need to hurry that along. So now uh, they are uh, releasing them into uh, Uvalde. Uh, they, or I'm sorry, they were releasing them into Uvalde, which is a small town, 16,000 people. You've never been to Texas? You don't know. There's nothing for hundreds of miles around some of these cities. I mean, you'll you will stop when you see a human. You're driving to one of these cities. You'll stop the first time you see a human. You're like, I was beginning to think it was just me. I was the only survivor. So 16,000 people in this town. The DHS was going to drop off a thousand people per week. 16 weeks, baby. And guess who's running the town? That's insane. So they went in. Abbott last week said he was going to bus immigrants. I didn't like the way he was doing it, but at least he's doing it. Um, he, uh, he then went in and said, hey, I've got. Have you seen this brochure about Washington, D.C.? You will love it. Wait until you see the monuments. Anyway, uh, get on the bus if you want to go to Washington, D.C. So we loaded up the first bus and uh, uh, they they headed out. He's got 900 charter buses ready. Good. Keep sending them. But I don't think one at a time. I think we should get like all 900 and just send them. I mean, that would make a statement if you're not just doing it one at a time. You know, kind of like the Biden administration is doing. You do it all at once and send them. I think that would be great. Now, they've stopped because the governor has said, uh, we're going to have buses here to ship them out. So the DHS suddenly has to stop. Oh, you know what? We shouldn't do that in that town. We should um, we should do it to uh, Eagle Pass. Okay. You want to talk about hundreds of miles with no one. Uh, it's the journey to Eagle Pass. That is here on the border of Texas. It's really nice. And But what most people don't know is there are very powerful socialites, very powerful people that when COVID happened, they decided we're going to move someplace we're safe. <laughs> I'm going to live on the border of Texas <laughs> because there's a giant mountain there and you can't climb up the mountain to get there. Oh, did they not think that maybe the government would start busing people into their area? Oh, they overpaid. Oh, gosh. I hate to I hate to see that one. Well, anyway. I think uh, Washington, D.C. is a nice place. New York City, Pennsylvania, Boston, Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore, especially this time of year. This time of year, they are out just planting azaleas on the streets of Baltimore. It is beautiful this time of year. Let's get some of these people onto buses. American financing. Uh, if your expenses have increased because of inflation... <laughs> you got to be lying because inflation, what? The amount that you need to be putting away needs to increase. Otherwise, you're going to come up short in a financial emergency. So it's easy. I mean, just make more money, right? So the government does. Okay. Because we're not the government, we can't just make more money. And uh, most people are just up to the up to their wits end 
on being able just to put food on the table. All right, so what do you do? Do you have credit cards? Do you own your own house? Do you have credit cards? If you have credit cards, you are probably maxed out on them and you're paying 19% interest rate. Okay, that is crazy. And it's going to go 20, 25, maybe even 30%. Mark my words. These credit cards are going to go through the roof and you'll never be able to pay them off. And that will just cost you more and more and more money. Please, if you have a mortgage, please consider calling American Financing a 5% mortgage rate is still pretty good. But if you can just use the value of your home, seeing your home is increased in value, use the value in your home and just pay off those credit cards at 5%, not the whole home, just 5% over 19 or 20%, you are going to have lots of breathing room and you'll get those people off your back as well. American Financing, 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Okay, I uh, just want to just throw this in there. It really doesn't even belong as news. But Al Pacino has been dating uh, Noor Alfala. Uh, uh, she's a 28-year-old. He's 81. Now, I've seen a picture of her, uh, and I, I can understand what Al Pacino sees. But I've also seen a picture of Al Pacino, uh, and I don't get it. But... This isn't her first time around. Uh, Mick Jagger was 78 when she was uh, dating him. Clint Eastwood, he was 91 while they dated. 91. Uh, ha. Ha. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, to each his own, right? Woof. Uh, one other thing that I just wanted to bring up here briefly is uh, there's... Apparently, there's been a problem with the sun. Uh, we just we just got this um, we just got this warning that there's been a uh, an eruption on the sun, and uh, I, I I don't know how to exactly describe it. It's a coronal mass ejection, which I mean, can we rename? I'm a little uncomfortable with that. I'm just a little uncomfortable. It sounds like. Something you would see in a porno filmed by scientists. You know what I mean? I think we should just, hey, there was something that came out of the sun. It's headed our way. That's good enough information for me.